We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Youngers in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 3 o'clock on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. And this week just feels different, man. I've been saying it ever since the start of the show. This Commanders football team is on the brink of something special if they don't blow it. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline, NBC Sports Washington Commanders insider Ethan Cadeau. You can follow him on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadeau. Easy E, my man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm turned up, brother. I ain't going to lie, man. This is crazy. Look, me and you are in the younger sector of the fan base. If you can go back and look, what's comparable to how the atmosphere is going to be on Sunday night? Is it the Dallas game from 2012? Hell, even the Dallas game in 2018 when Alex Smith led this team to that improbable win. What is the vibes like you think going to be on Sunday night? I think it's their most important home game in front of fans since 2012, honestly. In 2015, the when they won the division, they clinched it in Week 16 in Philly. And then in 2020, there were no fans because of COVID. And those were the last two times the team has gone to the playoffs. So this game on Sunday night, flex there, it's pretty much a, a playoff game without yeah. it being a playoff game. I mean, if they win, I'm pretty sure it's like 80% chance they make, 86% chance they make the playoffs if they win. 28% with a loss. So it's, it's a playoff game, pretty right. much. And the only other game I could think maybe could rival it was in 2016, Week 17 finale. It was against the Giants, and it got flexed to Sunday night where the Commanders had, or Washington had to get in to win. The Giants benched half their starters. At oh, my halftime. God. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Kirk threw that pick, didn't make the playoffs. We wake up and we see Odell's. Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz <laughs> on, a, on boat. a boat in Miami with shirts off and Tim's on. So that that's the only other I'm one say, I can come for, up with. First of all, let's talk about that for a second. They deserve to lose that damn playoff game they lost at Green Bay. First of all, to be wearing Tim's with no shirt and jeans the way that they were doing is horrendous from a fashion standpoint. When we look at the on-the-field product, Ethan, <laughs> the Washington Commanders on defense, I feel like, are playing at a championship level right now. Obviously, there are some injury concerns. Benjamin St. Juice has missed the last two weeks. Cole Holcomb officially put on IR. Do you worry that the attrition on defense will eventually catch up to this group? Because right now they're playing stellar. A little bit. I think the Benjamin St. Juice loss is a really big one. Hopefully, he can come back this week. I know the team is hopeful he'll be able to come back just because 
extra week of the bye. It'll right. be in four weeks from the injury by the time Sunday night comes. He would obviously be a huge addition. We saw Christian Holmes really struggle in that Giants game in this place. And they they badly need him. I will say the one thing I am concerned about this defense, mm-hmm. facing running quarterbacks this year has been kind of a problem. We haven't yeah. talked about enough. Marcus Mariota ran freely. Daniel Jones ran freely. He he could easily do that again, and that's kind of what I'm really worried about. Yeah, definitely is something to keep your eyes on as, as we look ahead to this Sunday's matchup. And I want to talk more about Daniel Jones because Ron Rivera alluded to this the day after the tie. He said if we stop Daniel Jones and the threat of him running early on in the game, it doesn't present much of a problem for us later on. Elaborate a little bit on what he meant by that. For sure. I think what he really meant is if Daniel Jones doesn't get a few early successful runs where he knows he can, this can be an issue for the commander's defense throughout the game, then he's just going to continue to do it. Right. But if John Allen hits him hard or Jerron Payne hits him hard or he gets sacked a few times when he tries to break off, maybe he'll have that slight second of hesitation when he tries to break off a run later in the game. And that slight second could be the biggest difference in that either a sack or a 15 yard run. So I kind of think that's what's Ron yeah. Ron is alluding to there. I'm not enti- entirely sure, but I know <laughs> well, nobody is what I am entirely about. sure about is they need to make Daniel Jones beat him with his arm rather than his legs. If they want to win. Yeah. 110%. Let's flip things to the offensive side of the ball. The storyline that we were talking about before you got on with this, and I feel like no one's talking about. There's a huge adjustment being made in the interior of this commander's offensive line. We don't know the health of of Cosme and Switzer going into this week. We'll find out uh, here in a moment, I'm assuming, when Ron Rivera talks to us. Nick Martin, though, the last time we saw Nick Martin, Ethan, it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. I believe it was the Tennessee Titans game. He's rolling the ball into the legs of Carson Wentz, and it just didn't look good. Uh, We saw him against Dallas as well. This week, Against a Giants front and a Wink Martindale-led defense that confused the hell out of Washington up front in their last meeting, because the center is is in control of the calls up front, do you worry about his ability as the nucleus to get guys lined up properly? I do, and I think Tyler Larson has been one of the most unsung heroes on this team since the turnaround. He came in the lineup in week six. He's really taken control of that center position, and We've seen that offensive line just play a lot better since he came in. And losing him again, this is a guy who tore his Achilles last year, then comes back, plays really well, and then suffers another knee injury this year on that terrible MetLife turf. You just feel for the guy. I'm really curious to see what they do at center. I'm not fully sold that they're going to go back to Nick Martin. I think if Wes Schweitzer's good to go and if they're comfortable with him at center, I think that's the direction they'll go and maybe keep – Cosme at guard right now and Cornelius Lucas at right tackle last week or two weeks ago before the Giants game Ron or Scott I forget which one they made a point there's like at some point we just have to have our best five offensive linemen out there Nick Martin even with the loss of Tyler Larson is not one of their five best (laughs) offensive linemen so if Wes Schweitzer is able to go I think he's their guy at center and I think Ron kind of left that door open before the bye week saying we'll make that decision next week. I really think that's the direction they're going to go because that Nick Martin experience, like he's a veteran, he can come in and he can play, but you don't want to be counting on him, especially in Washington's offense where the center, like you said, is reliable for calling out protections, reads, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that was the the, the big concern for me. He's somebody that it's, it's not talked about a lot. He hasn't been here that long. 
So I'm not sure how well-versed he is in this offense anyway to be making those protections, especially against this Wink Martindale-led defense who created a ton of mismatches in the last meeting. Uh, You mentioned, though, Wes Schweitzer uh, and his ability to play the center spot. How would you grade his play before the injury last week? I think he's good. I've always liked Wes Schweitzer. I think the positional versatility he has, left guard, center, right guard can play all interior offensive line positions. That's You can't measure that. I mean, he's right. one of the few players on this team that can do that. I think he's a smart football player. He's extremely strong, which a lot of people don't give him credit for just how strong of a guy he is. And yeah. I, I think if he's good to go, they're going to roll him out because I think the coaching staff really likes him. He's been here for three years since 2020. And there's a reason why he stuck around before being like kind of a veteran journeyman guy in Atlanta and a few other places before. So I think, I think I, I'm high on West Schweitzer. I'd love to see him play if he's good to go. And I think he is good to go. Ethan, the commanders offensively from my vantage point, tell me if you agree or not. I think Sunday against the giants last meeting where they tied would say it was their most complete offensive performance of the season. Not on the scoreboard though. It wasn't reflected on the scoreboard, obviously, but the first time all season you've thrown for over 270 yards and rushed for over 150 yards in the same game. It only leads to 20 points, though, and this is a long-winded question. They're 26th right now in red zone efficiency and 25th in goal-to-go efficiency. How do you see them improving in that category uh, as the season moves on here with four games left? And if they are able to get better in the goal-to-go situations, what do you think is the ceiling of this team? So I'll start with your first question. One of their – Biggest reasons why they were successful in the red zone early on in the year was because they had number one on the field, Jahan Dotson. When he went down with that hamstring injury in week four, missed five or six games, he's back now. The Giants game, I could finally tell. It looked like he was back to his old self, comfortable, made the crazy spin move touchdown. It's crazy because he's shorter than six foot, but he's their best red zone guy. I mean, he still leads the team with receiving touchdowns in five. Without him, it's been a struggle down there. This offense has been pretty good at moving the ball in between the 20s, but when you get to that red zone area, they've struggled. I think having him back will be huge for the program, and I think both Logan Thomas is another guy I think could have a huge impact in the red zone moving forward. And both those guys have missed time with injuries, so the hope is now the bye is gone. They're all healed up, ready for the final stretch. They need to be better in the red zone because that's what separates a okay, decent team from a good, really good team. And if Washington wants to make that jump and beat teams like the Giants, Seahawks, and those other teams that are on that level trying to fight for the playoff, they're going to need to capitalize. You win with touchdowns. You don't win with field goals, as we all know. And as good as Joey Sly has been this year, I'm tired of seeing him kick so many field goals when they're in the red zone. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with you. Let's talk about the big elephant in the room right now heading into this week's game. I feel like every time we talk, we ask the same question. Uh, Chase Young and his status heading into this weekend's game. Uh, I know they're getting ready to have a walkthrough that will be closed off to the media tomorrow. We'll get official word as to whether or not he practiced or not. Ethan Cadeau's gut feel, though. Do you think we see him on Sunday night? I I said <laughs> I think we <laughs> – like I, I've said at least twice, maybe three times, I think we see him and then we have it. Yeah. What I will say this week, though, mm-hmm. you have the bye as another – by not playing in the Meadowlands, he will have two full more weeks to recover, including the bye, before he makes his debut. They basically hinted that it's not any physical limitations 
holding it back. It's just mentally getting that confidence back to 100% to put that foot in the ground and go. If Chase Young does not play this week, I don't know if they're if we're going to see him the rest of the year. Like wow. this is a playoff game, pretty much. Yeah. And obviously, you want to bring him back for the stretch run. We all know what type of impact he can make, even if he's on the field for what twelve to sixteen plays. Still, could have a huge impact. He said right. as much. But you've torn your ACL, torn my ACL. If you don't have confidence in that leg, I mean, we're not NFL players, granted, but right. this is a fair comparison. If you don't have confidence in that leg to push off. It's a huge mental hurdle. And if you're thinking about your knee when you're on the field, you're not going to be effective. You need to get to the point where your knee is just like it was before, where you're not thinking about it. All you're thinking about is going after the quarterback. And if Chase Young's not there yet, I don't care if he has all the physical gifts in the world. If his mind is still focused on, oh, I don't want to do this move because I'm going to plant and go inside, what good is it to have him out there? He's still young, only 23, third year. You don't want to compromise further injuring that knee when he still has so much of his career to go. John Allen on the junkies today even said, I don't know if he's going to play. Like I, I want it. My gut feeling. I do think he plays, but I've said it three times. I've been proven wrong three times. I think I'm going to be right this time though. <laughs> what they say? Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool <laughs> me twice. <laughs> Shame on me. Fooled me three times. I don't know what the hell's going on with Chase Young's knee. Uh, Another guy (laughs) taken off IR recently, Carson Wentz. And I don't want to get too messy when it comes to the quarterback discussion. I've been very vocal as to how I feel. From your vantage point, what you've been able to see on the practice field, do you think there is any chance, any chance, that we see Carson Wentz in the final four games of the season? And then a two-parter for you. Do you think it's strictly – based off of wins and losses here on out, or are they actually evaluating Taylor Heineke's play critically? I mean, I think if they win against the Giants, there's no way they pull Heineke, whether he throws for three touchdowns or throws three interceptions. I mean, really, wow. that's basically when, winning has been the reason why they've stuck with him. I mean, Ron said as much. It's not like Taylor Heineke's lighting up the stat sheet, right. but the guys rally around him. He makes clutch plays when he needs to. Yes, he makes one or two throws a game where you're like, what are you doing? It makes no sense. But Ron has said you take the good with the bad with him. He's 5-1-1 one, and one in his seven starts. That speaks for itself. I do think there. I mean, there's always a chance he could play Taylor Heineke if he gets hurt. Obviously, Carson's coming in. But right now, I don't, I don't see a logical path where Carson comes in and they make the playoffs sort of thing. Because yeah. I think if they win, they're going to continue to roll with Heineke. And if they lose... At some point, do you, do you see what you have and how? I mean, if you're mathematically eliminated, I don't know if they will be just based on where they are in the standings. But right now, I think it's a Heineke show week to week. But I, I, I don't think Ron's looking to pull him, if that makes sense. Well, buddy, uh, but before we let you go, I mean, I already know what your damn answer is going to be. It's the fan in you. You think they win Sunday <laughs> night, Ethan? <laughs> I think the Giants stink. I'm going to be completely so honest. So do I. I mean, great. Yeah. If – if Daniel Jones doesn't turn into prime Michael Vick slash Randall Cunningham, which he seems to do against this team every time he plays, I think the commanders should win at home, big environment. This pr- the primetime woes that were under previous regimes are gone. Washington's been pretty good in primetime under Ron Rivera. I think the fans are going to show up. And look, one more thing, Saquon Barkley's not healthy. And that if that yeah. neck is truly bothering him, he didn't look like himself last week. I mean, granted, they got blown out by the Eagles. I just don't think this team is that good. And 
I'm not saying the commanders are world beaters either, but I think they're the better team. And I think John Allen, Jerron Payne, those leaders, Terry McLaurin, they're, they're going to make plays, enough plays for this team to win. All right, buddy. How was the bye week for you? I know it's kind of way out of order for the question. Any special <laughs> trips you took during the bye week, my man? Nah, I just chilled. It was very nice to watch football from 1 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. without <laughs> moving an ounce. Yeah. So it was great. I mean, it's late by December. You don't feel bad about wasting a nice fall day or great weather on Sunday because it's cold. Like, let me stay inside. Let me watch Red, red Zone. Let me watch good football. I know it was fun. I'm, I'm geared up, energized, ready for this final month-long stretch. Hopefully a little longer if this team takes yeah. care of business. Hopefully it is, but, man, look, we'll be talking to you soon. Stay well. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is NBC Sports Washington Commanders insider Ethan Cadeau. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadeau. That's C-A-D-E-A-U-E-X uh, on Twitter. When we get back, it was a perfect segue from Ethan. He mentioned Sam Howell, Commander's rookie fifth-round pick at the quarterback position. We'll let you hear from Sam Howell, who was on the John Kime Report yesterday. In a moment, don't go anywhere. It's the Burgundy and Gold today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Shout out Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider, for joining us. If you missed any of that conversation, you're in business. Make sure you download the Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature. Take it back to the top of the 1 o'clock hour for my conversation with Ethan Cadeau uh, of NBC Sports Washington. Ethan, segue this perfectly here, man, because quarterback clearly has been the topic of conversation for this football team ever since Taylor Heineke's taken over. And even before he took over, we were clamoring, well, what should they do at quarterback? Should they go to Heineke? Should they go to Howe? Should they stick with Wentz? Obviously, we know what ends up happening, and they end up rolling with Sam Howell here the rest of the way, 6-1-1 one, one, uh, in his eight starts uh, for the Washington Commanders this year. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean rookie fifth-round pick Sam Howell should be completely out of the discussion. Lucky for Sam Howell, over this stretch of Taylor Heineke uh, being the starter, 
and 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 the same token, it's elevated Sam Howell to the backup quarterback role. And according to Sam Howell, he's earned a hell of a lot since he's been the backup quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Yesterday, he sat down with John Kime of ESPN, and he had this to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm in a really good place. Um, you know, it's been you know, a lot of fun just being able to be active every game, and you know, being one play away, and just going through practice and, and getting some reps with the. Uh, with the ones a little bit every now and then when, when they let me get in there. And I, I feel like I'm in a really good place, um, really good place mentally. Uh, I feel like if if I was to go in there, I feel really confident in my um, ability to go in there and do well. Where do you feel different? Um, I mean, I just think I, I just keep making strides um, in, in every aspect of it. You know, I think my, my footwork has, you know, gotten better. Um, and, you know, I, I still think there's areas for me to improve. Um, but I feel really good about where, I, where I'm at in the offense right that is Commander's rookie fifth-round pick Sam Howell talking about his growth and maturation during the eight weeks that he's been the backup to quarterback Taylor Heineke. A lot to unpack from that. The number one thing that I took away from that, and which is super beneficial for Sam Howell and why this opportunity for him is so brilliant, he's gotten the opportunity to get reps with the first team. I think that is huge, super huge. The difference for me with, with, with Sam Howell, the third-string quarterback, and Sam Howell, the backup quarterback, is, is kind of what he just alluded to. There are more reps to go around for him. Uh, he gets the opportunity to run the scout team. I mean, there are a lot of benefits uh, of Sam Howell being the backup quarterback, and I can only imagine how many strides, how much, how much strides he's taken since uh, Carson Wentz went down and getting all this extra work and putting in the extra work before practice and after practice. And if you all remember – during the summer, I would come in here and rave about Sam Howell. It was a joke, actually, on the beat out there at Redskins training camp or Commanders training camp, excuse me. Sam Howell, for the better part of the three-week training camp period, I would say about 90% of the time, Sam Howell was consistently the first quarterback out on the field. Sam Howell was the quarterback that was staying extra after practice, putting in the work uh, with quarterbacks coach Kenny Zampezi. So, Clearly, Sam Howell's about that action boss when it comes to putting in the work to become a starting quarterback. Right now, it's about if not he's going to if, – if whether or not, excuse me, he's going to get his chance or not. I mean, that's the big thing. And when you look at the situation that's going on right now with the San Francisco 49ers and them being forced to put Brock Purdy uh, into the game and have him be their starter, when you look at that situation and you see how well Brock Purdy is playing – does it rub you the wrong way at all that Sam Howell hasn't gotten his shot yet here with the commanders? Obviously, the injury situation is different here in Washington than it was uh, in San Francisco, and the injuries is what has forced and pressed Brock Purdy into the lineup. But, man, clearly he was ready for the situation. Clearly, you know, the moment wasn't too big for him, and clearly that San Francisco 49ers coaching staff had the belief in him uh, to go out and lead this group because they didn't go out and sign another veteran quarterback. They gave the work to Brock Purdy and said, hey, young pup, you lead us. I wonder if Washington was pressed into that situation. If Sam Howell was pressed into duty, would he be ready? And based off of what I'm hearing uh, from Sam and then some of the, the, the inklings and, and noise that you hear from around the building, I think there's a true confidence that he'd be more than ready. I think he would even thrive uh, if pressed into the scenario. Now, obviously – Ron Rivera and company have been very adamant about the fact that Carson Wentz uh, is going to be the backup once he is activated and healthy. Uh, they, they, they brought him off of the injured reserve list yesterday officially. 
Uh, so we'll get more answers on if he's going to be the backup moving forward or if, that, if that's going to be something that happens immediately or something that they wait longer down the line to have happen. But now that Carson Wentz is back in the fold and we're expecting Sam Howell to go back to the three slot, do you agree with the decision? I personally don't. You're, you're almost stunting Sam Howell's growth at this point. Why put him in a situation where he's getting all these reps and becoming accustomed to practicing a certain way, and then you just snatch it all away from him. What what does that do for the football team? What does having Carson Wentz as the backup provide for this team? I don't think it's enough to stunt the growth of Sam Howell. It's one of those things, man. When we evaluate Ron Rivera as a talent evaluator and a head coach, we got to do it exactly just like that. It's got to be two separate conversations. Ron Rivera with a talent evaluator and Ron Rivera with a coach, to me at least, two clearly different people with different agendas, I might add as well. You can't tell me, you can't tell me that going and elevating Carson Wentz back to the backup role is the best thing for this football team moving forward. What future does Carson Wentz have here in Washington? None. What future does Carson Wentz have in 2022? As far as I'm concerned, none. So at what point do you cut bait entirely? Because I feel like you're sacrificing the growth of Sam Howell to massage the ego of Carson Wentz. And that's bad coaching, Ron. There's no way in hell I'm going to go and put Carson Wentz as my backup quarterback after Sam Howell just got eight straight weeks of backup quarterback work. I'm sure he's made tremendous strides during that time period. Why stunt his growth in order to massage the ego of Carson Wentz? That's that's something I want to talk about here as the show rolls on. You can call in at any point and talk about that. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We brought up Ron Rivera, and I mentioned Ron Rivera, the head coach, and Ron Rivera, the talent evaluator, need to be evaluated just like that as two separate entities. When we come back, has your confidence level changed in Ron Rivera since the team started off 1-4 and four, and they've now improved their record to 7-5-1? and one? Has your feelings about Ron Rivera during that time period changed? I'll tell you what I think next. We're getting gold today right here on the Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge, Movement Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show. Commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, speaking of the D.C. media right now. We'll have that for you in its entirety coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Also, at the top of the 2 o'clock hour, Dan Duggan, New York Giants reporter for The Athletic, set to join the program We'll get the latest on the G-Men. They're coming off a ugly, ugly loss Sunday at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll ask Dan where their mental is heading into Sunday night's huge, basically winner-go-home game uh, against the Washington Commanders. I mentioned head coach Ron Rivera. We'll let you hear from him a little bit later on in the show. Right now, though, I want to take the temperature of this Commanders fan base. How you feeling about Commanders head coach Ron Rivera? Because for me, man, I think we've reached a spot or maybe we owe Ron Rivera an apology. Maybe we need to walk back some of the harsh things that we said about him early on in the season. 
Has your confidence level, though, changed in Ron Rivera since the team started off 1-4? and four? And for me, that's a multi-layered answer. It's a multi-layered question as well. As a coach, yes. As a coach, my confidence level has changed, and it's changed in the right direction. I was genuinely concerned about the stranglehold, so to speak, that Ron Rivera had on this commander's locker room early on in the season. Because some of the things that I saw during that 1-4 and four start were not indicative of a well-coached football team, especially when you talk about the penalties and the self-inflicted wounds and the undisciplined play. That, that, isn't, that isn't reflective of a head coach that's good, <laughs> quite frankly. like To put it in layman's terms, that isn't reflective of a team that is well-coached. Right? I also look at his willingness to admit mistakes. That was impressive to me. Their willingness to let go and cut bait of William Jackson once they realized, hey, look, this is something that's hindering our football team right now. He deserves kudos for that. He also deserves credit for keeping this football team together. His ability to get guys to buy in, and play hard on a consistent down-in, down-out basis is a true skill set that cannot be ignored. It can't. He is one of the best motivators in all the National Football League. And when you talk to any player that plays for Washington or played for Ron Rivera at some point in Carolina, they all echo the same sentiments. We need, we need to play hard for Ron Rivera. We want to play hard for Ron Rivera. And I got to talk to Jeremy Reeves a couple of weeks back, and he laid it out for me. This is a guy in Ron Rivera who they've seen at his very lowest, right? Let's hit the rewind button. Go back to 2020, the COVID year. Ron Rivera's first year as the head coach. Gets diagnosed with cancer. His ability to stay on the job, not make any excuses, clearly show up to work without being at 100% and lead these men? How can you not want to play hard for a guy like that? How can you not respect a Ron Rivera? And I know exactly what the players mean by that. I described him earlier as a player's coach. That's exactly what I think Ron Rivera is, is a player's coach. He has a stranglehold on that locker room. There is not a member of that football team, 1 through 53, who does not have the utmost respect for Ron Rivera. And I think Ron Rivera and his ability to battle adversity and lead the way, despite what's going on with him off the field, I think it organically created this no-nonsense, no-excuse mentality within that locker room, which is why you've seen this group be able to overcome tons of adversity. Chase Young... Not there to start the season? No problem. We'll continue to ball out anyway. You start off 1-4 and four defensively. You're playing bad. Everyone's calling you out. No problem. We'll rally together because that's the type of group that we are. Like I said, Ron Rivera and his ability to handle the off-the-field stuff that he was personally dealing with and still come to work, not miss any time, and lead these men, it organically created this no-nonsense mentality that's been instilled in that commander's locker room, and it hasn't left since. It hasn't left since. That's why you see guys playing injured. That's why you see guys going balls to the wall. 
There's never been an effort issue with this football team, and that's the one thing that I commend Ron Rivera for because it could have been easy for these guys to pack it in. That 1-4 start was dreadful, especially because of how it started, right? All the good feels week one against Jacksonville. In your house, inaugural game was the Commanders. You win. You put up 30 points. It felt good. It felt good. Then after that, you go on a four-game losing streak. It would have been very, very easy for this football team to turn in their key cards at that point. It would have been very easy for this football team to lay over, to roll over and say, hey, look, the season's over. Pack it in. But instead, they were able to rally together. And right now, after a 1-4 and four start, they sit here at 7-5-1 and one with arguably one of the biggest games in the 2000s coming up Sunday night. This football team, you can say I'm a homer, you can say I'm a shock jock, whatever the hell y'all want to say, this football team right now is on the brink of something special. And I think Ron Rivera, the head coach, has a hell of a lot to do with that. Now, we'll say this. That's why I said it was a very specific question that I'm asking. My confidence level in Ron Rivera, the coach, has changed in the right direction. But as a player personnel guy, hadn't changed too much. But I guess, I guess we still got a month left to go. When I look at him as a player personnel guy, and I, and I know this is maybe conversation that's a little premature, you're heading into year four of a five-year plan, and they've yet to address the quarterback position. The offensive line wasn't properly addressed this offseason. There's still depth issues on the defensive side of the football. At some point, Ron, the GM, is going to end up getting Ron, the head coach, in trouble. I thought that point was going to be the one and four start that they had this season. But a credit to Ron Rivera, the coaching staff, and these players, didn't matter that they started off one and four. They rallied the troops. And as we sit here on December 13th, this group is the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. And if they win Sunday night, if they can be mature enough and man enough to handle their business and win Sunday night, who knows how far this thing can go? Who knows what the limit and the potential of this commander's football team could be? I've been on the record saying, if they can just get average, average offensive production in combination with the championship-level performance of this defense, everybody right now is drinking the Kool-Aid of the San Francisco 49ers. Let me tell you what. The Washington Commanders need to be talked about in that same light. At some point, you got to show love where love is due. You got to give credit where credit is due. I just think Sunday, 8.20 p.m., Sunday night football, winner go home scenario as far as I'm concerned against the New York Giants, I'll learn even more about Ron Rivera, the head coach, in that moment. Because I think another telltale sign of a good head coach is how prepared his team is coming out of the bye week, how mentally focused his team is coming out of the bye week. It says everything about what they feel about the rest of their season. And if I know the guys in the locker room the way I think I do, the boy buckle up because the rest of this season is going to be a damn ride. It ain't going to be one of those roller coaster rides. It might be one of those rides where you get to sit back and relax and put your little cute shades on and Block out all the haters and the noise. They may end up riding this thing all the way to a postseason berth. 
And boy, oh boy, if we make the postseason, you really going to have to calm your boy down. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be talking crazy. I'm going to be talking crazy because all you got to do is get in the dance. You get in the dance, and then all types of conversation becomes relevant at that point. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Coming up, top of the hour, Dan Duggan, uh, New York Giants beat writer for The Athletic, uh, is set to join us. We'll ask him how the Giants are feeling right now. Our producer, Eminem, said earlier to me, man, he said, Sunday, dude, we might be playing a, a Giants team that's lifeless because they got smacked Sunday by the Philadelphia Eagles. What's the temperature and mood of the New York Giants? We'll find that out at the top of the hour. When we come back, though, it's Tuesday. You know what we're doing here on a Tuesday on the Burgundy and Gold today? It's Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. Don't go anywhere. This is Team 980. The Burgundy and Gold today, Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Coming up, top of the hour, Dan Duggan of The Athletic. He covers the New York Giants for The Athletic. He'll join us and tell us what's the latest with the G-Men coming off an ugly loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll give us, get us up to speed on the injury situation as well. Saquon Barkley dealt with a neck injury going into that one. They missed Leonard Williams as well. We'll see what their status is. For Sunday night when we talk to Dan Duggan of The Athletic. Right now, though, as we do every Tuesday on the Burgundy and Gold today, it's time for Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. Boy, oh boy, I couldn't wait for this. Number six in Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams across the National Football League. Rounding out the list is Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone's Cinderella team right now, and for good reason. They're ranked number one in most defensive stats. They are big and nasty up front along that offensive line. They have weapons, and I'm not going to lie. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, looked pretty damn good Sunday against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Debo Samuel injury concerns me a little bit, but not too much, because guess what? Kyle Shanahan going Kyle Shanahan, no matter who's in the lineup. That's my sixth team in L Super Six Pack. My fifth team in L Super Six Pack. My top six teams across the National Football League, the Dallas Cowboys. They're a team that I feel like maybe is bored and ready for the postseason. They suffered a huge scare Sunday uh, against Houston, narrowly eking out that win. This Cowboys defense, though, I've said it all year. They are legit. Once the playoffs get here, I expect this Cowboys offense to lean a lot more on the running game. Expect a whole lot of Tony Pollard and a hell of a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. The Dallas Cowboys, the fifth best team in Nell's Super Six Pack. Number four in Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams across the National Football League. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Gritty, tough win on Sunday against the New York Jets. Ugly conditions they were dealing with. Freezing rain and some more. I wonder, though, did the New York Jets put out the blueprint to slowing down Josh Allen uh, in this Bills offense? It'll be interesting to see moving forward how the Bills attack people. It definitely felt, though, like this offensive line was under a ton of pressure. Uh, Kudos to the Jets' defensive front. They're a group that gets after the quarterback. But I wonder, are the Bills for real? Are they going to be a legitimate threat once postseason rolls around? We'll see, man. They signed Cole Beasley to their practice squad this morning. Uh, That's an addition that 
I think will be able to contribute right away. I'm still down on Buffalo, though, because I feel like their offense is in a funk. And it really starts at the quarterback position for me. I know Josh Allen is a freak of nature at the position and is physically capable of making all the throws, but Josh Allen must learn to take the layups if they're going to be a real contender in the AFC. The Bills, though, the number four team in those Super Six Pack. The number three team in those Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League, it's Kansas City and those damn Chiefs. Gritty, gritty group. Offensively, they're a juggernaut, averaging 29.5 points per game. And they found a nice tandem at running back with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Both of those guys finding pay dirt on Sunday. This is what I really love, though, about the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember before when we talked about the Chiefs, it was all finesse and it was all about Patrick Mahomes throwing for 500 yards a game. They've got a difference in identity now. I mentioned the tandem of Pacheco and McKinnon. That's all fine and dandy, but Juju Smith-Schuster got in on the action Sunday as well. They got a big body physical receiver that can do it up front. And on the defensive line, in the playoffs, you win for two reasons, really. You can throw the hell out of the ball. You can get after the quarterback. The Chiefs heading into this Sunday, fourth most sacks in the NFL. They can rush the passer with the best of them. There's another team I feel like is bored right now, and we won't see the Chiefs' best ball until they enter the postseason, but watch out for Patty Mahomes and company. Number two, and Nell's Super Six back, my top six teams across the National Football League, Joey cartier Beansborough and the Cincinnati Bengals. Another impressive win Sunday against the Browns. They did it without T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. That Bengals defense, don't sleep on them. Sixth in the NFL in red zone touchdowns allowed. Uh, their defensive coordinator has a saying, yards don't equal points, and I think he's damn right with that one. Offensively, we all know what they do. Fourth in the NFL in red zone efficiency. They're ranked fifth in points per drive. They're a juggernaut right now. They're another team that if I had to show it right now, if you had to put a gun to my head, truth serum, and you drug me up and had me all loopy, my Super Bowl prediction, Bengals versus the Eagles, which leads me to the number one team in L Super Six Pack, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. You want to talk about a 495 beatdown on Sunday? What they were able to do and how they were able to beat up on the Giants, that's what Washington should be expecting out of themselves. That's who you should aspire to be. Commanders fans, you get a little bit of kudos from me because we were able to beat that football team. But moving forward, man, the Eagles, don't sleep on them. I don't know how they could. Best record in football. They got the clear-cut MVP frontrunner at quarterback in Jalen Hurts. They have balance on offense, and they got a defense that's got Pro Bowl talent at all three levels. That rounds out. Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. I'll go through them again. One through six, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, and 49ers. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, Dan Duggan covers the New York Giants for the Athletic. He'll give us the latest on the G-Men heading into Sunday's big showdown with the Commanders. Don't go anywhere. It's Team 980. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.